Welcome to Music History Monday for May 15th, 2023. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is All the Music That's Fit to Print. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash robertgreenbergmusic, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. On May 15, 1501, 522 years ago today, the first polyphonic, that is, multi-part, music printed using movable type was released to the public by the Venice-based publisher Ottaviano dei Petrucci. The publication features a dedication dated May 15, 1501, so we assume that this corresponds with its release date. The publication was an anthology of works entitled 100 Pieces of Harmonic Music, Volume A. Volumes B and C followed in 1502 and 1503, respectively. In fact, 100 Pieces of Harmonic Music, Volume A, consists of 96, not 100, as the title claims, instrumental works and French language songs by some of the most famous composers of the day, as well as some anonymous works as well. Those famous composers represented in the anthology, which include Josquin Dupré, Johannes Agegem, Jacob Obrecht, Antoine Brumel, and Alexander Agricole, were all originally from northern France and southern Belgium, the so-called Franco-Flemish composers from the Ultramontani, from the other side of the Alps, who were so popular in Italy at the time. Now, I am aware that that previous opening paragraph, filled with the relatively obscure Italian and Franco-Flemish names and musicological rubric, might have crossed your eyes and loosened your bladders even as it threatened to put you to sleep. But, 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 but in fact, the publication of 100 Pieces of Harmonic Music, Volume A, in 1501 was a huge, big deal in the history of Western music, an event we can accurately call a game changer. Game changers. A game changer is an event, an idea, or a process that affects a significant shift in the current manner of doing or thinking about something. Let us recognize, though, that there are game changers writ in small case, and then there are game changers written in large case italics. For example, what I personally would consider a small case game changer is the proverbial invention of sliced bread. Because I know you want to know, sliced bread, or shall we more properly say, pre-sliced bread, was invented by Otto Frederick Rowetter, 1880-1960. A native of Davenport, Iowa, 
Rowetter was a jeweler who sold his three jewelry shops in order to raise the capital he needed to pursue his dream, the invention of a bread slicing machine. After a series of setbacks, including a fire that destroyed his blueprints and his prototype slicing machine, he put the finishing touches on a contraption that both sliced and wrapped bread in 1928, for which he eventually earned seven patents. Such pre-sliced bread was sold for the first time on July 7, 1928. Rowetter's original slicing machine can be seen today at the bearing center of the Smithsonian Institution. So, to my mind, unless you make sandwiches for a living, a sliced bread is indeed a small case game changer. As compared to, say, the six-mile-wide Chicxulub asteroid that hit the Yucatan Peninsula some 66 million years ago, triggering a cataclysmic event that killed off 75% or more of all species then living on Earth. In reference to human evolution and development, there have been all sorts of large case game changers. The control of fire, the invention of clothing, the development of tools and the invention of the wheel, the rise of agriculture, the ability to smelt, forge, and alloy metals, the harnessing of steam, and so forth. But I would argue that collectively, the most important game-changers in the evolution and development of humanity have to do with information transfer, starting with the development of language. Human Information Transfer while it now appears that our ancestor Homo erectus invented some sort of grunted language as long as two million years ago, complex language only emerged among the most loquacious of human species, that being we Homo sapiens, some 150,000 years ago as a systematic way for modern humans to communicate. Next to language, Sliced bread as a game-changer is, well, overrated. Some 6,000 years ago, after talking about heaven knows what for some 144,000 years, folks living in Mesopotamia, today's Iraq, invented a crude sort of written language called cuneiform that they employed in calculating and record-keeping. Pictographic languages, like Egyptian hieroglyphs, came next. But it wasn't until around 1500 BCE that alphabetic written language appeared, a sort of writing that allowed spoken language to be recorded and read in the manner in which it was spoken. This written language, called Ugaritic, evolved in what is today Syria, Lebanon, and Israel, giving root to the Phoenician, Aramaic, and Hebrew alphabets. Written from left to right, it consisted only of consonants. Readers had to fill in the vowels. When it comes to information transfer, 
the invention of alphabetic writing was the game changer. Everything that has followed has been about increasing the speed of dissemination of the written word. The movable type printing press introduced in 1450. Electronic communication. The first telegraph message was sent in 1844. The first commercial radio broadcasts were made in 1920. The digital revolution. The first commercial email service came into being in 1983, and the World Wide Web became publicly available on August 6, 1991. Artificial intelligence is the next info game changer, and we can only guess how AI will play out on the short, medium, and long term. It's time to apply all of this to music. Like the spoken word, music was, for many tens of thousands of years of human history, a strictly oral tradition. The oldest surviving, substantially complete work of notated music, not coincidentally, dates from exactly the time and place of the first alphabetic written language, the Syrian coastal city of Ugarit. That music was notated circa 1400 BCE, though it was not discovered until the 1950s. Unfortunately, like most of the very few bits and pieces of notated music to have survived from the ancient world, the so-called Hurrian songs of Ugarit cannot be definitively deciphered, which hasn't stopped scholars and musicians from trying the solo lyre performance linked to this podcast features one possible version of the piece as deciphered and performed by Michael Levy. It wasn't until the mid-9th century CE, some 1,200 years ago and 2,200 years after the Hurrian songs were notated in Ugarit, that a standardized method of musical notation began to evolve in the West. Though it took another 400 years for music notation, as we understand it today, to come into existence, with individual notes being represented by single note heads and specific rhythmic durations. Called mensural notation from the Latin musica mensurat, meaning measured music, this sort of notation evolved in order to be able to notate the increasingly complex polyphonic, meaning multi-voiced music, being composed during the High Middle Ages and Early Renaissance, and we're talking here circa 1300 to 1475. Mensural notation was a game changer in capital letters. It also represented a classic chicken or egg proposition. Did menstrual notation inspire composers to conceive and notate a new, increasingly complex sort of multi-voiced music? Or did a new, increasingly complex sort of multi-voiced music demand that composers develop a new sort of notation with which to write it down? We suspect that the answer is a bit of each. Whatever the case, by the late 15th century, 
a number of primarily Northern French and Belgian or Franco-Flemish composers were creating a body of superb, expressively brilliant and compositionally complex music that might not have been widely disseminated if not for a new game-changing technology. You see, without the printing press, 100 pieces of harmonic music, volume A, would have been copied out by hand, resulting in a small number of fabulously expensive manuscripts, handwritten manuscripts that only the richest courts and largest monastery libraries could afford. But having been printed in fairly large number, the relatively inexpensive 100 Pieces of Harmonic Music Volume A spread far and wide, and in doing so became among the most influential music publications of all time, incalculably accelerating the rate of compositional and stylistic change across Europe. And there we have it. The publication of 100 Pieces of Harmonic Music Volume A was an event of earth-shaking, game-changing importance because it accelerated forever the speed of dissemination and the rate of stylistic change in Western music. By printing cutting-edge modern music using movable type, Ottaviano dei Petrucci was hitching his wagon to what is today considered as not just the most important invention of the second millennium, but of the entire Christian era in Europe, the movable type printing press. Johannes Gutenberg, born between 1393 and 1406, died 1468. Let us give game-changing credit to where game-changing credit is due. It was the German blacksmith, goldsmith, printer, and publisher Johannes Jens Fleisch zur Leiden zum Gutenberg, who introduced movable type printing to Europe in 1450. For our information, Gutenberg's famed Bibles, with 42 lines on each page, were printed in 1455. Roughly 180 copies were made, some on vellum, but most of them on paper. Of the 48 Gutenberg Bibles that have survived, only 16 are complete. Yeah, the complete Gutenberg Bible owned by the Library of Congress is valued at a cool $35 million. It is virtually impossible to overestimate the impact of the printing press on the Western world. Movable type heralded in our present era of mass media and communication. It allowed for all sorts of information, including revolutionary and heretical information, to circulate almost instantly and without easy restriction. Thanks to movable type printing and the availability of printed matter, literacy rates exploded across Europe and made possible the eventual rise of the middle class. The monopoly on information held by the literate elite, meaning the church and the aristocracy, was shattered. Vernacular languages employed in regional printing reduced the importance of Latin across the continent and encouraged 
to an increasing degree, the growth of national self-awareness. Ottaviano dei Petrucci, 1466-1539 Much of what we just observed regarding the invention of the printing press was evident to an Italian publisher named Ottaviano dei Petrucci. He was born in 1466 in Fossombrone, a town in the province of Pissarro and Urbino in central Italy. He died in Venice in 1539. On March 25, 1498, the not quite 32-year-old Signor Petrucci received a privilege from the Republic of Venice that was at the time not just a hellaciously great party town, but also the printing and publishing capital of Italy. In applying for this privilege, meaning a monopoly, Petrucci had claimed to have figured out how to do something that many others had tried, but thus far had failed to do. That is, use movable type to print polyphonic music. In granting him his privilege, the Republic of Venice gave Petrucci a 20-year monopoly on the printing of canto figurado, meaning polyphony, and intabolature do organo e di luto, meaning organ and lute tablatures. Three years later, in May 1501, Petrucci released the 100 Pieces of Harmonic Music, Volume A. By doing so, the publishing revolution begun by Herr Gutenberg now encompassed composed polyphony as well. Between 1501 and 1520, Petrucci published a total of 61 collections of music. Success spawns imitation, and thanks to the success of Petrucci's 100 pieces of harmonic music, the publication of printed secular music took off. By the mid-16th century, such music was being printed across Europe, in Italy, yes, but also in Germany, France, Belgium, and the Netherlands. The publishers printing this music both influenced public taste and catered to it as well, creating in the process a music printing industry. The industry launched compositional careers created new markets, changed the economics of music by making it a consumable product, and took what were the first steps in creating a musical canon, meaning a printed body of music deemed to be classic. Grazie mille, Signor Petrucci. Your anthology was a game changer. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.